Hello, welcome to another episode of Thank You Ten. Today we are joined by Juan Luis Guzman and Ellie West as we discuss our experiences following the second week of rehearsal for Oedipus El Rey, written by Luis Alfaro, to be performed at the Sama Art Center November 18th through December 3rd. Um, cool. Let's begin by just introducing each other. Um, let us know who you play in the show, what your roles are in the show, um, a little bit about yourself outside of maybe the show. Um, and yeah, let's begin. Hi, my name is Rodolfo Robles Cruz. I am the director of Oedipus El Rey. Um, I'm a playwright, director, performer um, based here in the Central Valley. I am Ellie West and I play Jocasta. I am an actor here in the Central Valley, actor, singer. I'm also a barista at the Coffee Bean and a full-time dog mom and master's student at Fresno State. I'm Juan Luis Guzman. I play Leyes. Uh, I also serve as producer of Oedipus Adre. Um, I'm a poet, professor, art administrator in the Valley, uh, been working with the Summer Arts Council for, I mean, almost 10 years now, really in our new location and um, happy to be a part of this production and to be working with everyone who is. Sweet. Um, yeah, last week we had beautiful discussions about the importance of the show in terms of community, um, a lot of philosophical takes, a lot of experiences here in the Valley being, um, a Latin person who does theater. Um, and we touched base on Juan and when Juan did Real Women Have Curves, as well as when Juan did Zutu, um, both which were very welcome, uh, warmly welcomed into the theater landscape here. Talk to me a little bit about how long you've been doing Latin theater and like when that became your focus in doing theater. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, like I mentioned, I've been with the Summer Arts Council for about 10 years, which is the amount of time that we've been at this location on um, on High Street. But, you know, Selma has a history beyond when the Art Center was built. And so when I was 18, I was already a part of this group of people in the city who had been doing theater for years. We've been rehearsing at Pioneer Village. Well, out there at Pioneer Village is Unger Opera House, which is like the original theater home for the city of Selma that had been there, you know, when the city really was founded. So like theater in Selma has been a thing since the start. Um, but I have been lucky enough to see the group that does theater in Selma kind of transform and uh, become uh, more aware of the community that we're serving. And, and um, it's been it's been really within these last 10 years that um, myself, along with other members of the Arts Council, have really been able to focus on issues of diversity and inclusion and representation uh, and understanding that we have this platform and uh, opportunity to do that, you know? So uh, Real Women Have Curves, which Ellie was a part of, yes, 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 shout out Ellie, mm -hmm. um, was the start of it, really. I mean, I think before I was doing um, Latina theater, I was trying to break the mold of what we were used to, so used to seeing in the city of Selma, you know, 
um, shows like Shel Silverstein. We did like a, a bunch of sketches that were written by Shel Silverstein, who we probably know as like a child's poet, but was more than that. I mean, wrote for Playboy and wrote some really hilarious stuff. Uh, brought that to the city, you know, brought um, uh, uh, Mr. Burns, which is like a really random show, you know, um, to the city. And so kind of experimenting, testing, you know, boundaries and what people wanted to see. And so um, I think as we kind of became known as a theater that was experimenting with topics and themes, different types of shows, um, it became a place where I could also experiment with doing stuff that I wanted to focus on, you know, and uh, for me, it's really important to show these stories uh, in our community because this is who's out there, right? Like, we've always been out here, and so uh, it's it's really cool to be able to really just kind of focus on producing theater that feels good to do. Like, I love feeling represented and creating space for performers like y'all to come out and also feel represented and, and make others feel represented. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like you're absolutely right. When I was like coming up in the college theater scene, everybody kind of knew Salma. They were beginning to know Salma as a place where they were doing stuff that was experimental and that was super like um, like a little bit more less less conservative. And they were, you know, pushing that boundary more in the Central Valley, which oddly enough is very conservative, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I went to go see Mr. Burns and I was like, what is this show? It is the most bizarre show, but it was so interesting. And that was one of my first real, like, like steps into this world of theater other than traditional, like, you know, whoever it may be like, uh, Shakespeare or, uh, Neil Simon for a comedy. Um, we were stepping out and discovering new points of views, which was really exciting. And I know Ali, you um, did quite a bit of theater as well. You were you were doing a lot of musicals, right? Tell me about your transition from doing uh, you know that side of theater into um, your first uh, show that was about the La the Latino um, experience. Yeah. So a lot of the opportunity that I've experienced early on. Uh, in my theater career, um, I've kind of hid behind my whiteness, I guess you could say, my very American name, and I never really got the opportunity to embrace my um, Latinidad because the shows weren't being done. And that's not to say that that I didn't have great experiences. Stageworks gave me my first um, Fresno lead role in com the community. I had never done community theater straight out of high school. Um, and I'm really grateful for Stageworks. Um, I loved that show. It was Dogfight. Um, and since then, I've just kind of um, done theater mostly at Fresno State. But I really appreciate um, the Selma Art Center for doing that edgy theater. I never got into the Roger Rockus theater scene um, or Second Space. Um, so the first Latinx show that I did was Real Women Have Curves, but it wasn't until I did Electricidad at Fresno State with Gina Sandy Diaz that I really felt at home in my art and I really felt touched by the art that I was doing. And it really changed me. And I would say really brought my focus into 
my master's that I'm working on and what I really want to move forward with my theater training and my uh, master's in multilingual, multicultural education and bring more diverse opportunity in the arts for underserved communities and for young children. Because if it wasn't for Electricidad, the show that I did in college, I wouldn't have embraced my Latinidad. And I'm 27 years old. You know, and I wish I had had that opportunity or had that um, exposure when I was a lot younger, you know, because like I said, I hid behind my whiteness and I, I, I don't think that anybody should have to be afraid to live their truth um, and express themselves truthfully in their art. And so that's what I'm really passionate about um, right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um yeah, yeah, I, I think there there is a huge um, shift in the Fresno State community, which is its own little bubble, you know? We were talking about this last episode as well, where I think what Gina brought in for us was, you know, the, the example of being able to do theater that was not, you know, white or Eurocentric as a career field, and, like, the venues you can do outside of that. And obviously our community was doing um, a lot of work by bringing theater like that into the space as well. But, um, you know, as young college students being molded by our faculty and our professors and everything, it was really impactful to have somebody like Gina who is, you know, beyond what we're used to as well, this kind of Mexican realm, because she's from Costa Rica, um, bring in many different types of just uh, practices and ways to run rehearsals and uh, ways to get in touch with uh, performance. Um, yeah, I and, agree. Uh, you know, and that's interesting because like our community here in the Valley, you know, we're very diverse and it's surprising, but also not surprising how well received these um, Latin shows are. Yeah, Zutu is sold out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the entire run sold out. Yeah, it was... And you know we, we couldn't get enough. We couldn't get enough seats in the house. You know, um, the it was a huge community response. I think triggered by Chicano institutions and associations at Fresno State who were super supportive and um, news stories that came out. I know like ABC Thirty did a story, and I think it just kind of it blew up from there. But but it just goes to show that there's an audience for this, right? And I think that the Arts Council saw that, and um, I think that's part of the reason why they're so open to supporting. Um, this kind of theater too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, Zutu is a show that was was it the first show that was Latino Mexican on Broadway? Yeah, it's been the the only one since then too. The first and only so far. Yeah, it was it was a cool mm, thing and a, a horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's major, and you know that I feel like that definitely doing it here in the Valley was so impactful because it was a story that we all recognize as well. To a certain degree, you know, there was a film version that people just were in love with um, that everybody knew the title. Um, I think that's one of the, the bigger challenges of Oedipus that we're doing here. Um, but I feel like it's so much, there's so much support coming from it, especially because of Zutu and everybody being like, cool, the Mexican representation on stage could be 
dynamic and interesting and powerful. And then right after they, they did um, Electricidad most recently, and I feel like that is also helping a lot of people like kind of get it all together and picture the the trilogy. Um, yeah, you mentioned Gina, and you know when when she did Electricidad, um, she and I had a conversation like, okay, how are we going to do this? We got to make sure all three of these get done. What are we going to do? You know, mm -hmm. so it's it's been cool to be in conversation with her and to know that she supports this project and to think beyond this too, right? And to like, how are we going to make that third one happen? Because it, it's a must at this point. Yeah, me and Juan had a conversation too because uh, <laughs> wait, because we were thinking about. Well, I was thinking about pitching the show, um, and then Paul was like, oh, me too. <laughs> and then we were like, well, it doesn't, at the end of it, we we're just like, as long as it gets put up, we don't care. Like, it could be me directing, it could be you, it could be, you know, Pablo down the street or something, like, as long as it gets done. This is, this is like the behind the scenes information, which I freaking love at this point, but yeah. I loved that we had that conversation because it like showed me two things. One, that like that's why I do this work. I don't have to direct every freaking Chicano project that's out there. You know what I mean? Like I did what I did so that other people could come in and, and do shows. And so like I was happy to see that you had a passion for it and that this was like a dream project for you. And the other thing that I learned is that this was your show to direct, like a hundred percent. This has been your show to direct. So it, it's been so cool, like to sit back and to watch you play with this and to see the actor, like how you work with the actors and like watching you with my director brain has been really cool to watch. So I, I'm excited to see what else you're going to do with this. Yeah. It's so interesting being a director to other people who I also like respect not only as performers, but as artists and as writers and as directors themselves. Um, cause then I, I, cause I'm completely unaware, but then I'm driving home and I'm like, I wonder what, you know, Juan thought about this over here, you know? Um, and it's funny too, cause my mind is working. And then uh, sometimes I'm like, here's the concept. And then I just see Juan nod. And I was like, cool. We're on the same page kind of, you know, like we got there at the same vision um, at the same time uh so yeah it's been really it's been cool and the entire cast is literally insanely talented um tell me about i asked him this question last time uh which was i think was super funny um uh, but i ended up just being a good conversation about who is like who has surprised them the most in terms of like you know like watching them perform or watching them um, kind of get into these characters because even though we're early on in the process, everybody is committing to these characters and exploring already, you know? Um, so who has been the most surprising or interesting, obviously besides yourselves or the people in this little bubble? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you, you know, think about that a little bit. I want to know what you think. I think right off the bat, the coro has really surprised me because they're so transformative in every little role that they play because they're throughout um and it's just been so interesting watching each each of them uh jen and um thomas um find those little nuances um for each of their their coro roles um i will say though carlos has really really won my heart <laughs> with his um Creon character, um, yeah, that he's probably my favorite right now. My my hermano. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard not to really just love the Koro. Like they're yeah. they're such a cool element to the show that you don't really even realize how important they are to the show show until like you see these characters that Thomas and Jen have kind of pulled out and Carlos have like pulled out and, and, and it's it's a really cool thing to, to watch. Of course, like I've worked with Ellie and Mason before, and they're both absolutely incredible performers. Like, man, Mason already is making me cry in, in rehearsals and stuff, you know. Um, but I really enjoyed my season with Agustine too. Uh, it's it's hard to like you, I can't say who every single person in this cast. <laughs> yeah, not how 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 strong everyone in this cast is like i hate saying it you know i even listening to y'all like say how great it was l last week i was like okay chill out like your are tells me so i hate saying it but i can't deny it like it's yeah it it's tough too because i and you know definitely there, there's I, I get so excited and i think people like um oftentimes they they see me and they're like, aren't you stressed out? I'm like, no, I'm excited. Like, I forgot who I was talking to. Um, and what was talking how like our tech is right after the soccer's. Um, and they were like, um, oh, that's so stressful. And I'm like, that'll be fine. <laughs> Cause I'm just so excited about it. And beyond the actors, which are phenomenal, uh, the designers on this team are, oh my God, some of my favorite people to work with in Fresno. Um, and they all have like a committed vision to it. And they've all been texting me. They're like, when's our first designer meeting? And I'm just like, it's Aww. coming up. Yeah. I will um, say though, beyond the actors and the design team, um, I have been really impressed by you, Rodolfo. Not that I ever doubted you, but like I've never worked with you in this um, setting before as a director actor, but watching you direct us watching your warm-ups with us and just being able to see your mind work i feel like like you really bring are able to bring out the best out of each of us in different ways and i really appreciate the collaboration that you and the actors us have um to be able to find the honesty and to be able to find the natural comedy in um those certain moments and i really really appreciate watching you as a director and have learned so much already um from that thank you honestly that means a lot um i'm applying to grad programs for directing right now Ooh, yes. um because i feel like that is uh writing is is amazing i love it but i feel like it's such a solitary kind of like thing to do and i'm you know i get drained when i'm alone i'm like a very social person um so definitely and it really is the actors it's like being able to identify what they naturally want to bring out and what their instinct is and then just cultivating it because for example jen is so funny jen cracks me up and then you see her like trying to like she's she's kind of in the moment and she's she's quiet because she's trying to respect the actors um but then you see her like kind of like fidget a little bit and i'm like okay jen wants to do something so i'm yeah. like jen ad lib do it throw it in there <laughs> and then uh i yeah i'm i, I definitely love working with this group of actors, especially right now. Um, thank you, though. That means a lot, literally. And literally, I say that about every single one of you guys in terms of your performances. Juan, you're so funny. <laughs> Juan, you're so you are. funny. <laughs> it's, I, have, I feel like I have to be because Leis is such a not funny character. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 
that that levity for myself as an actor like i need to be able to laugh after beating people up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's true it's like when i whenever i think about theater um from my very mexican land because i was born and raised in mexico like partially raised in mexico um but i was growing up here um very um, what's the word very disconnected from the chicano community because the chicano community to my understanding me growing up was a very a big mixture of the american and then the mexican identity um and finding yourself somewhere in the middle with the spanglish with a bunch of different factors going in but because every single person in my family is directly from mexico the bulk of them their first language and only language is spanish um, and everything they were doing was so based off of traditional Mexican things because they're, you know, a year out from Mexico or something. Um, I grew up with a very strong Mexican identity. Um, and then I was being, you know, um, impacted in school by having a very, you know, American, just kind of like white experience in school for the most part um, in terms of the way they taught. Um, and so I, I felt very, you know, uh, whenever I looked at the show, I was seeing it as, you know, just from my experiences, I was, I was huge in novelas. I loved novelas. Novelas were like my jam. Me and my mom would watch novelas and we would just be just sitting there watching this, like this drama unfold. Um, and in terms of like all the, the design aspects, um, and a lot of the storytelling, my mind always wants to go to either novelas or like, um, Chespirito, like all the stuff that he would do with the Chalelocho, El Chapulín Colorado, all this stuff. Um, so it's been super interesting having to navigate that field as well. Um, I'm curious as to what you guys identify with the most. Is it like a Chicano experience or um, where you lie in that scope? I think uh, we have very similar experiences i think um not the same but obviously my parents are both from mexico and so i i mean you're from mexico you were born there i'm first generation i feel like i have been chicano you know like i did grow up with those traditions but our family had been coming to the united states and so like you know we're like we do turkey on thanksgiving you know we do pozole and tamales on christmas don't get me wrong but we do turkey on thanksgiving you know like i think that I think that they that like they wanted that kind of Americanness too, you know. So uh, I I do identify Chicano, um, Chicanx, Chicane, um, yeah. I honestly don't know exactly where I fall. All that I know is that Spanish was my first language. My mom is a hundred percent like white European, and my dad is from Oaxaca. But I'm thankful for my mom for keeping that Hispanic culture, everything in my life throughout, because Spanish was still my first language. Um, you know, we still ate Hispanic food. We still um, like follow all of those Hispanic traditions, tamales pozole también. <laughs> but I, I kind of still struggle with exactly where I lie, because like I said, for a lot of my life, I you know, was Ellie West, very American, white. I didn't want to identify with my um, Latinidad because I was ashamed of it growing up. So I'm still kind of unsure, honestly. But I do know that doing Latin theater 
feels like home. And that's what I'm passionate about right now. And that's the beautiful thing about identity too, is that it's always shifting and, you know, and, and the culture that you immerse yourself in, it's part of that. And so I'm like, I've seen your progression, Ellie, and like, I'm totally proud that you're walking into this and, and that you're like embracing it because you have a birthright to it. And like, exactly. this is, this is, that's why it feels like home to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You. I, I hate whenever people strip others of their identity, you know, um, I've been in several situations where, you know, a lot of people kind of, if you're perceived the one way, they kind of want to take the other part away from you, um, which is, you know, insane to me. And Ali, I, everything changed in terms of the way I saw how you perform, because I've seen you in musicals and I've seen you and I'm always like, Ali's amazing. Ali's such a superstar. Oh my gosh. But then when you did Electricidad, it was such a, such a change oh my and gosh yeah i have to jump in yes it was like i've never seen ellie like that before and it was incredible like everyone was great but ellie you totally stole the show for me like you totally stole the show for me i literally have to agree i i walked out of there and i was like that was not ellie but mm-hmm. it was you were amazing you were literally amazing and when you came to audition you said i'm gonna eat and i'm gonna throw the plate away you said you're full off this serving there it is no need for a second plate (laughs) thank you it was very it was was very challenging but um rewarding as well we had a a really good conversation me and ali as well where we're talking about how you know how you said your mom was like very european um in terms of like her identity um (laughs) but your dad is from oaxaca and I thought it was such an interesting like dynamic only because it's it, it really is like really polar opposites, especially in the Mexican community, the way that I was raised, unfortunately, um, because there is such a big there's colorism in Mexico um, and in the U.S. Uh, within the community. There's um, a lot of anti-indigenous kind of feelings, especially if you're from an area that's very diverse. For example, I'm from Michoacan, and my dad, for example, has white skin and blue eyes. You feel me? Because mm-hmm. his part of the, you know, the ancestry, the presence of the colonizers is very evident. And then my mom, on the other hand, has more indigenous feature, curly hair, darker skin. And so there, the more indigenous side is kind of coming out. Um, and I know within the, the communities uh, here in the United States, but especially as well in Mexico, there's kind of like a, a sentiment of looking at people who are more indigenous as lesser than, at least that was, you know, in the, in the past. Um, and so when I was growing up, it was oftentimes like, you know, people from Oaxaca, which were very close to the indigenous identity still, um, were always looked like down on, which was crazy to me. Yeah. And that's, I think, where my shame stemmed from because kids are cruel and I never wanted to say where my family was from, where my father was from, because I would be made fun of, you know, and so I just, I didn't know. Just Mexico. It is, and it's generational and it's, it starts with the conquest and like the caste system and like who mixes with who is based Mm -hmm. on who's worth more than the other and 
you're right. Like, this, I mean, it's still very prevalent in Mexico, like, especially against those, like, in the southern states of Mexico, right, that that do have those features more than those in the northern states. And, so, and, and you talk about novelas, like, that is the subject line of every freaking novela, right? Like, <laughs> look at the people's colors on those novelas, like, that, that it just perpetuates it and ingrains it. And, I mean, it's still a thing. Still very much yeah, different. and it's it's absolutely insane. And what I love about too the the experience of doing theater and what I always kind of want to strive for at least, um, and we're all you know flaws to some aspect. Um, nobody's perfect, but it's I love looking at people for their talent, um, and then uh, you know not not pre casting or pre imagining people looking in a certain type of way in your show, you know? Um, and so the, the, the beauty of the Central Valley is that there, there really is people from everywhere. Um, um, and I want to get more people to do theater, more more communities to do theater, more schools to get yeah. their, their students involved in wanting to do theater. And it's I'm curious as to what you guys think about this, but what do you think is the way that we can make these theater programs in, you know, different high schools more appealing or interesting because i remember when i was in high school first because of i love novellas they gave me like ceramics as an elective and i went into my counselor and i was like hey can i do theater um and she was like oh um ceramics is way easier and i was like okay cool but i i want to do theater and she's like are you sure because you're gonna have to you know kind of talk in there like a lot of people find it uncomfortable she was warding me off from it because she looked at me and she assumed that I, I didn't know what the concept, you know, and, and it was these ideas that you have that most people find it uncomfortable or like they don't want to talk in there. Um, but because I love novelas and I was like, I'm going to be a novella actor. I was like, <laughs> I have to be in some kind of acting class. Um, and so, yeah, I'm curious what your experience was in terms of that and what what would have made you, young baby Juan and Ellie, be like, I want to do theater. I think theater is cool. I think it starts with representation, being able to identify with, um, you know, the artists you see on stage. I remember in elementary school, um, they brought a show for us to see. It was some puppet show. And I was just so intrigued by it that I wanted to be a part of it. And it's funny, you mentioned your counselor was like kind of warding you off from doing theater. I wanted to be a part of it so bad, like the little theater club. But I just... It, nobody helped me or guided me to show me like how to be a part of it. Like maybe I wasn't welcome to it. Um, and I did kind of come from a very um, like white area school district. Um, so maybe, maybe they just didn't think I would fit in, but I think, you know, being able to bring diverse theater to elementary schools or bringing, you know, what's the, like a, what is it the, that I'm looking for? Like little seminars or little, you know, improv, anything to, to be able to get students involved at a young age, because I think high school is way too, like, why do we wait to high school to do theater, to do arts? You know, you do choir and band in elementary school. So. Yeah, I, I think um, we all maybe had similar um, experiences with theater at an early age because I, I I just remember like going to like uh, my white friends pe white friends houses and 
Like they would have like mailers on their refrigerator about like, oh, auditions for Peter Pan, auditions for this, and I never did. And I I remember like being like, well, why? Like I want I want to know about these things too, you know? <laughs> um, like I that was definitely like my early experience with like theater, and I remember like being in middle school and like they were casting a middle school age student for the high school show and like really like asking my brother to take me but my brother didn't like that teacher and I think that even that like that my brother was trying to protect me from this you know white theater teacher uh was was something that I didn't recognize back then either but I think it just takes it takes people of color being in these spaces and like that's the bottom line like if 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 you're running a board and everyone on that board is white something is up something is wrong like you need to step back and you need to look at it and you need to assess and you need to wonder what am i doing in service to the community that i'm servicing like that i'm sorry but like that is the bottom line and like had something like that happen i would have probably gotten a mailer as a kid you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i would have seen myself in theater before i got to the place where i finally did you know like uh, there would be other people who have made the decision to only tell certain stories as directors you know what i mean like those things need to happen and they need to happen sooner and mm-hmm. you know like there we're out here we're out here, we're doing this work, and if people want to help, if people want to support that, then support the people who are already doing it. Like, that's mm. I definitely, and you know, I think you you touched on something too, which is a big thing is accessibility, you know? Um, and it's gonna be, for example, these, oh, I don't know why I should call them out. For example, these like, but okay, here's a, a very general example. Um, me growing up in the Fresno Unified School District, where arts were not very, you know, funded, and the Fresno Unified School District houses a variety of students. Literally, my high school was, um, I want to say, dominantly Mexican and Asian, you know, um, and and a big kind of like um, black community and very few white people. And guess what? Our theater program, rough roughly funded, not very supported. But if you look at every single Clovis school on the, the north side of town where the redlining begins, um, and then you you see their theaters and the amount of money they put into their productions and people teaching them and people, and they're putting on like these amazing shows, which good for them. I'm super happy, you know? Good for them. They're putting on these amazing musicals that all sound amazing, that the set's amazing, that they're having all this. So from a very young age, um, people um, are taking their kids to go see shows um, with young people in it who are seeing this amazing production. And then they find that a career in theater is totally possible from a super young age. Um, And maybe that's, you know, uh, also mixed in with the fact that traditionally white people kind of they have an interest in in the arts and stuff and that's something that I'm trying to help our community kind of see the importance of the arts and how it can be a career because when I told my parents of the theater major they were worried for the first semester you know (laughs) they were worried until they were seeing the work that I was doing we have to kind of uh, emphasize the importance of what the arts do to our communities and then they'll go support it more and they'll take their kids to go watch more shows but it, it also takes our community putting money into our shows and supporting it the same way they support 
a jaw-dropping, you know, uh, like show in a Clovis school or wherever that may be. Um, and I've seen that with Selma now, you feel me? Like when they were doing Zutu, it's community theater, but they're, and that, that was you, Juan, as well. You were hustling to find your your, your supporters, people to, to back it up, people to put it on. And the success was amazing, you know? Um, and that's what we should be shooting for with every uh, Latinx show that we do, you know? It's this support so that somebody could come watch the show and bring their, you know, uh, I don't know about bringing kids to Oedipus already, but <laughs> somebody could come watch the show, you know, and bring their, uh, their young adults. And um, they can see what you can do with theater and the, the amount of effort the community puts in it and want to pursue it. Yeah. Not only that, though, I think a lot of the time our curriculum in the arts and in theater is so focused on the Greeks and like the Romans. And we forget that theater storytelling is and has been part of every culture. Mm -hmm. every culture and that's just not part of our curriculum and so we forget about it you know one of, one of the cool things that i think sac has been doing to help this too is the start of the team company um the sac team company that you know like you some of these that started with this years ago are like grown now you know we've seen them like transition into like the main stage and backstage and the tech booth but one of the really cool things that we just started doing is taking these teens to see professional theater and so like they mm -hmm. just see, uh, come from away recently and that i mean those are the experiences that i remember you know as a kid going to see les mis going to see you know shows as, as, as a group and so we're hoping to kind of change that you know and to expose kids and and people who are not used to seeing theater at all um to the arts. Yeah, and I want um, Rodolfo also doing that um, in reaching out to high schools to come see our show too, that some that have maybe never even seen a show. You know, we may not be professional Broadway tour, but we're community theater and, um, you know, some people have never experienced that before. Yeah, well, it's going to be professional level by the time we get there. You know, level. come oh, on, come of on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do want to give a big shout out to, um, you know, uh, Ali Fugman, who was my high school theater teacher, um, who was uh, a white woman in Southeast Fresno um doing hey, shows they're doing the work too some of them are doing the work you they're know? doing the work they're doing the work to like listen to what our school needs and what our community and investing in us and she was my biggest supporter in high school you feel me and throughout that she's been to all my shows she's gone to see the shows um and you know she she cultivated uh luckily i had a beautiful experience in high school um and we would fundraise to go watch like a Broadway tour, which was super cool. Um, and it just makes me wish that our, our schools actually just put more money into it, you know, and saw the value in it. And that's what I really want to accomplish, um, especially with this podcast. Hopefully, you know, somebody will listen to it and just be and we'll be able to articulate things that they've been feeling, you know, things and let them know that it's that this has been. A generational thing that's been going on for a while and that's horrible but we're also having these conversations because we're actively working all of us just by doing this show juan by doing all the work that you do um uh, ellie by doing all the work that you do um to dismantle that and get that 
going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay. Why should people be excited to come see Oedipus El Rey? I think if they saw Electricidad, then you're cheating yourself if you don't see the second one. You know what I mean? Like, these are not connected, but, like, the the writing is so similar and, like, the characters are recognizable in in certain ways. And so if you saw Electricidad, if you you like the work of Luis Alfaro, then you should definitely come to see the show. I mean, I can't say enough about the cast, you know, and, and you mentioned the creative team, the production team. I mean, it's just a group of solid artists who want to tell a story and uh and and have the heart to tell it and so i i can't wait for it to open i'm i'm i i i wish that i could watch it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think juan said it all there's so many reasons to come out and see the show one support community theater support selma art center for you know, pushing the boundary and and uh, doing this type of uh, theater, edgy theater, and experimenting, um, as well as the talent. Oh my gosh! Um, just so so much talent throughout the entire creative team, um, and we're all very eager. We've been very eager to get this going and to get started, and here we are. Yeah, exactly. And here, you know, to our listeners, which there's a few actually. I was looking at the like the little, <laughs> a yeah, few, okay. yeah, yeah, quite a few, um, which is which is super cool. Um, yeah, I- invite all your friends and your family and come out for a night of theater. Come opening week, come opening week and come support us. Um, that's going to be our vision for the show. Um, and yeah, it's super exciting. Um, and I hope you're all there to join us and support us because Juan Luis Guzman is going to make you laugh <laughs> like no, for no reason. It's so funny. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Thank You 10. If you are interested in watching this production of Oedipus El Rey or any other shows at the Samo Art Center, Please visit us at samoartcenter.com to purchase tickets or any other information you might need. Please join us November 18th through December 3rd to watch Oedipus El Rey and see all the hard work we've been putting in. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day.